You're listening to the Health by Design podcast, and I'm your host, Roar Alexander, wellness architect and functional lifestylist. I spent nearly six years of my life on a journey through the ancient East to bring you the cutting-edge combination of modern Western health sciences blended with the time-proven ancient traditions, principles, and practices that have flourished through thousands of years across countless cultures, peoples, and nations. Join me and my many special guests from all corners of the globe as we aim to help you live stronger, longer, and better. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Health by Design podcast. I'm your host, Aurora Alexander, and we are finally in the new year. This is the first episode of the new year, so happy new year to all of you. And I hope so far that all of you are sticking with your resolutions because I've been to the gym this week and I was actually shocked. Uh, If you saw me on Instagram, I believe I was in the gym on January the 3rd and I was the only person in it. So that does not sound... Well, it could... uh, could go two ways. Either that's a really bad way to start resolutions, or maybe people have started to make more interesting resolutions than the typical lose weight. Um, so let's just, let's just say that's what it is. Let's pretend it's not people that are sleeping in and still hungover from the first. Uh, let's pretend that it's people who have chosen more interesting uh, resolutions. So. Speaking of resolutions, this is not a show about resolutions. Um, If you follow me, then you probably know. If you don't know, then I am not really a resolution person. I'm definitely not into the whole weight loss resolution thing. That's not my thing. But what I want to do is I do want to help you guys out if your resolutions are to, or if your goal, I should say, let's use the word goal instead, is to get healthier this 2019. Now, I don't really like resolutions because we know that something like 80% of those are done within the first 8 to 12 weeks. They even say basically by Valentine's Day, the middle of February, they're done. Now, I am going to have a podcast later on on why we should embrace Chinese New Year. Because I think if we embrace Chinese New Year and the philosophies and thoughts around that, uh, it could help us when it comes that because it comes right at that time when our resolutions are slowing down. So maybe a time to have our second New Year reassess, reevaluate, and continue um, with some little changes if they need be. But what I want to talk about today is today I want to talk about my top eight hacks to make your journey into getting healthy easier this year. So I'm gonna talk about basically eight different areas, eight different things that you can do to really help you get healthier this 2019. Now, before I get onto that, um, some of the products I am gonna talk about are ones that I have myself. I'm a big fan of talking about ones that I have myself. So uh, right now I'm actually recording this at my Anthro Desk standing desk. Uh, it's a, uh, a, a really great standing desk that I've been sent recently. It's one of these electric ones. You can press the button and adjust up and down to your height. Really like to thank AnthroDesk for sending me uh, pretty much their premier standing desk. I got the black one. So if you're looking for a standing desk, which is one of my points we're going to get to later, a standing desk is definitely in that point. Definitely, if you are in Canada, check out anthrodesk.ca that's a-n-t-r-o desk dot c 
Hey. Um, also, I'm going to be talking about uh, DNA testing as well. That's important. Now, those of you that uh, don't know this, I work with a company called DNA Power because I will not train clients that don't have their DNA test done because I think it's that valuable. And the fact is, we live in a time now where there's so many tests that we can do in DNA. It's just one of the greatest ones, I think, that we can possibly do to really empower our health. So saying that, uh, let's get on to my top eight list because I'm already talking about it right now as I speak to you. The first one I want to talk about is testing yourself Starting to treat yourself as your own doctor, not relying on doctors, not relying on blogs and articles and people's opinions. Everybody right now is going either, you know, vegan crazy or carnivore crazy, or they've all picked some diet, whatever it is they're doing right now, some kind of detox elimination diet. And we don't need to do that anymore. The fact is, we really don't have to guess anymore what diet's good for us because we have the tools at right in our hands to be able to test and start seeing what we need. Now, I am talking myself right now about genetic testing. I just had my genetic test done. I'm just waiting for my results to come back. And my friend Hollywood trainer Ramona Braganza, she's trained some of the top Hollywood celebrities in the world. She just had her test done and I went over her results with her and we found some really interesting stuff. Now, we also, it was fun, we actually had a whole kind of a little week of testing with Ramona. I also took her for a DEXA scan where she had her body mass measured and her bone mass. We're not gonna get into all the results because that's not what we're talking about today is her results, but my point is, these are things that are available to you right now. Right now, you have it in your power to get a genetic test. They send you the box. It's a simple swab. There's no blood. There's nothing invasive at all. It's a simple swab. You send it back, and you're going to get back a completely personalized genetic report telling you exactly how your body responds to different kinds of foods, to um, you know, to minerals, to vitamins, where your body, there's a good chance it could be short, where there's a good chance it's doing quite a good job. Ramona's, we found out, just to give me an example, that she does not metabolize vitamin D very well or calcium, and it turned out that in her lower body, she actually has um, just uh, not, not bone issues, but there's definitely some bone uh, concerns that she's gonna take care of by adding in a little bit extra supplementation now based on what she was recommended through him and through her test. Now, the DEXA scan was great. If you those don't know what a DEXA scan is, basically it's a machine and what it does is it scans you in pieces to give you a full uh, picture of your body and it can look at your bone health and it can look at your lean mass and it can look at your fat mass so it can see where you're holding fat if it's in a bad spot. It can give you the most accurate body fat percentage there is on the market today. We're not talking about those things that you stand out of the gym that are that are super wrong. We are talking about something that is excellent at telling your body fat percentage. But even more importantly, in my opinion, is you know the fact that it can tell you where you're holding your body fat as well as it can really take a good look at your bones, which are so important as you get older. Now, besides genetic testing, you know, and you have things like DEXA scans, you have blood tests you can get so you can see exactly where you're at right now. So what the genetic test does, for those of you that don't know, it basically says, it gives you your genetic predisposition towards tons of different stuff, whether it's diseases, nutrition, even exercise. 
it doesn't tell you exactly where you're at right now. So what do I mean by that? In other words, let's say it says you have a low conversion of vitamin D. Your body doesn't convert vitamin D very well. But maybe you've been taking a high dose of vitamin D supplement. So you may get a D test done through your blood and your blood says that you are okay when it comes to the D, that you have enough in you right now. So that doesn't contradict what the genetic test says. The genetic test says, hey, you know, probably if you weren't supplementing, you'd probably be in some trouble. So the nice thing about a genetic test is it can really let you know where your body has some major issues. But like I said, you have blood tests you can get. So vitamin D, testosterone, different hormones. You can get cortisol tests done to tell you how you respond to stress. There's different glucose tests you can get um, that basically tell you. Like, here's the thing. Some people can eat an Oreo cookie, for instance, and they will have no blood sugar spike. Other people may have an Oreo cookie and they'll have a huge one. Some people uh, may eat something like a low glycemic, say, sweet potato, and they'll have a huge blood sugar spike. So... There's lots of different great tests, but one of the biggest things that you can do now that we can never do in history before was really measuring our own health, empowering our health so we can see what we need to do, not relying on doctors, not relying on really invasive and expensive tests. All of these tests are sometimes, some of them are just about $100 to the low hundreds. So no reason to not take your own health into your hands. Uh, number two, Move more. So moving is so important. The fact is in North America, we move so much less than a lot of other places in the world. Now, the one thing I do not want to get into this podcast is just reading studies and reading statistics. You know, I think you know this. I know this. You know, we sit a lot. Everybody's sitting all the time. We sit all day. We sit at work. We sit in the car. A lot of no moving, sitting in that traditional 90 degree angle that cuts off all the blood flow to the glutes, you know. Um, so being able to move more. Now, a standing desk like the Anthro standing desk is a great solution. That's a great start, I should say, to the solution. Now, you will research quite often. There'll be, you know, different blogs and different YouTube videos on how a standing desk are no better than sitting desks. The fact is you do want a desk that can go up and down. Some sitting is not bad. Some standing is definitely good for you. You have to have your desk optimized, first of all. So you got to make sure, that even if you're at a standing desk, that even if you're using a laptop, that that screen is at eyeball height. So you'll probably still need to put a box or something or some kind of razor even on top of your standing desk if you're using a laptop so you're not looking down at it. But other things you can do to really optimize your standing desk, if you go to my YouTube channel, you're going to see a video right there called Deskercise. It's just some really simple stretches and some different ideas to keep yourself moving more at your standing desk. Now, I'm not talking about those treadmill desks where you're constantly walking. No, I am talking about every 30 or 40 minutes or so, you do a few stretches, you might take a walk, you watch the YouTube video, it'll show you. But getting more movement or just what we're going to call non-static positioning. That just means, well, the biggest thing I want you to try doing for 2019 is walking more, using stairs more, walking more, getting more movement in, and trying to not sit in that 90 degree, kind of our North American chairs, 90 degree angle. You go to Southeast Asia, you go through most of Asia, a lot of people there, they just sit in a deep squat. So they're when they're eating or they're doing anything, they're just sitting in a deep squat. We have to get more into that. I want you to start thinking about 
What can you do to get into the squat more often that is not at the gym? I'm not, we're not talking about the gym here. The gym does not come into this equation. This is all the movement I want you to do outside of the gym. We will get to the gym in a bit. So having maybe some 10 or 12 inch tall little stools at home that you can sit on for a few minutes a day or you know maybe 20 minutes a day, watch some TV on it. Get a yoga mat out, do some light yoga stretches while you're watching television. Get a bed that's maybe six inches off the ground. You know, so that way you have to get up and down these beds nowadays. You, you basically, as soon as you slide out of them, you are in a standing position. You don't even have to flex your knees anymore. They're about three to four feet high. It's ridiculous, some of these beds. Um, meditation chairs, using some meditation seats is a great way to go. Uh, Zabutons, Zafus, little wooden meditation chairs. Uh, floor cushions. The one thing I really love is that floor cushions are catching on quite a bit. You can even go to some of the really fancy and expensive um, furniture shops and you'll find floor cushions in the hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So um, a standing desk, like I said, is a great way to go. I also have in my house a standing kitchen table. So what I like to do, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see me quite often in the morning. I have my SAD uh, light. That's actually on top of my standing desk. So I have a standing desk at home as well. It's a smaller one, uh, just a manual one. And my SAD light's on that. Quite often what I'll do is I'll just have my coffee on that. And sometimes when I'm in my kitchen, I also have a, a old glass bar table that's a standing height. So I stand by that too because the one thing I cannot do, I cannot do in the morning, is I cannot get out of bed all stiff and go and sit right down in a 90 degree chair like a majority of people. I have to get some movement, whether it's getting in, you know, another thing you want to do is look into a movement routine. Do a little stretching routine in the morning. It's so easy to go to YouTube and type in, you know, quick yoga routines. There's five minute, seven minute yoga routines that you can do. There's great little stretches you can do. YouTube is packed with them. They are so easy to find. So try to get more movement into your day. They've looked at studies, so I'll throw one number at you. They've looked at studies and people between Japan, Hong Kong, and China average between 6,000 to 7,000 steps a day. Where North America, we average between 42 and I believe it's 4,800. So we're not even hitting 5,000. Don't worry about that 10,000 steps thing. You know, we're not going to get into that. That actually has no scientific merit. The fact is, though, we have to be able to A, move more, and B, be in less static positions. So definitely go to my YouTube, look at my desk or size. Um, look at my video there on optimizing your work desk as well. That's just some great ways to get more movement into your work day. Uh, number three, reboot your nutrition. So obviously nutrition is probably the biggest influence we have when it comes to our health. Uh, other things, you know, it, it's really arguable because movement, you can't have, you can't eat well but not move. You can't move and exercise and move really well but not eat well. And you cannot, you, you can't skip your sleep. What we're gonna put for now, we're gonna put nutrition at the very top on the importance list. So making sure that you are getting really good nutrition. Now, um, this is a little difficult because I don't want to talk about diets. What I want to talk about is changing your attitude on nutrition, seeing nutrition as a fuel 
seeing nutrition as something that is enjoyable, but it has to nourish your body. So there's people that, you know, you get the one side where they just say, oh, treat it as a fuel. Don't worry about how anything tastes. You know, I used to be like that a long time ago. Then there's the other side where people just love their junk. They just love the taste of food and they don't care about the health benefits. You want to go in the middle. I really suggest that if you are a person who really enjoys your food, you really like a lot of flavor, then first of all, we have to look at our flavors, period. North America, we really love sweet and we really love salty. Now, in ancient Ayurvedic and in Chinese medicines, they actually talk about the five flavors. And in there is, you know, also bitter, uh, spicy, um, what's the other, pungents in there. So we have to get more into you know, enjoying the taste of bitterness, having those spices, adding them back in, getting some real flavor in our food, not just the typical sweet and salty. I myself have really trained myself. We have trained ourselves in North America to love sweet and we have to make everything sweet. But the fact is you can out-train your body. You can get back into not having things as sweet and still enjoying them. So simple way to do that right now is just start cutting down. If you have two sugars in your coffee, try switching to one. If you have one sugar in your coffee, try switching to none. Try getting into more things like dark chocolate. If you're a chocolate person, try 70%. Then once you get used to that, maybe 75%, 80%. I myself tend to do between 85 and 95% dark cocoa. You know, I really enjoy like red wine. I like dark cocoa. I've even started now just drinking my coffee black or with just a little bit of cream in it. But I've really taught myself to start enjoying um, the bitter flavors. Now, another thing that you can do to really start enjoying flavor is just being more mindful when you eat. So often, if you just slow down and really focus on what you're eating, feel the textures, feel the flavors, even if it's a mellow flavor, if you focus on it, you're going to get a lot more out of it. So focusing on your food, being mindful of what you're eating and trying to get away from that sweet and salty are some of the biggest ones. Obviously, there's the other ones, you know, everybody can throw out, yeah, you know, the refined food, blah, blah, blah. But we need to change our thoughts on eating period. Not just, you know, the old don't eat refined foods and don't eat junk foods. That's not what we're talking about. Yes, uh, that's a given. But we can redesign the way we think about food and even the way we taste food if we just put a little bit of work into it. Um, number four, getting better sleep. You need to get your sleep. Like I said before, movement, nutrition, and sleep, they're kind of, you know, and then you got stress in there too. Oh my goodness. But sleep is so important that really studies have shown us that if even if you're eating well and you're exercising well, if you're not getting your sleep, those things don't work as well. And now sleep, you know, um, deprivation, chronic sleep deprivation is being linked to a whole host of chronic illnesses. The, the exact same list actually is bad nutrition. So I cannot really stress the importance of sleep. I always say sleep is the first thing to get ignored and the last thing to be considered. But you have to start working on your sleep. Now, Simple ways to do that is what I call sleep architecture, but here I'm going to give you the biggest hint there is. Get up earlier. 
This is not a talk about how the most successful people in the world get up early. That's actually not true. Um, a lot of successful people do get up early, but a lot of successful people also stay up late. But if you want to get better sleep, you cannot get a better sleep. If you're sleeping in to 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock, you have to get up earlier. So start getting up 15 to 30 minutes earlier than you normally do. Getting up earlier is a big one. The second thing you want to do while you're up, as soon as you get up, you want to get that bright light in your eyes. Now, I know a lot of you listening to this are in North America where it's still dark at 8 in the morning. That is why I use an SAD light. Getting all those lights on in the house, trying to get an SAD light if you can, sunlight even better, even on a cloudy day. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it has to be sunny. Even a cloudy day is brighter than the brightest inside you're going to have in your home. But getting an SAD light is a great way to go. So getting that bright light in the morning is going to help kind of reboot and reset that circadian rhythm, which is the most important rhythm you have when it comes time to go to sleep. Now, other things you can do, simple things that we've talked, you've probably you've talked about bedroom before, having it dark, having it cool. We're going to talk about the before bed routines though. Really invest in something, some blue light blocking somethings. Okay, so what do I mean by somethings? Well, we have a few options. Option one, something like the bedtime bulb. The bedtime bulb is the lowest blue light emitting bulb there is. You can go to www.bedtimebulb.com slash roar and you're going to be uh, taking to the site there and I believe uh, you get a bit of a discount if you go on there and you buy that. So I use those personally. I have my light out time which is 8 p.m. At 8 p.m. all the regular light, actually around 7 to be honest, about my main overhead lights go out and kind of my regular lights stay on. Um, there's this chandelier in the middle of my living room that stays on. It's got a more orangey light and the four very white pot lights go out around 7, 7.30. 8 o'clock though even that overhead light goes out and then my floor standing lamps which are my bedtime bulb lamps, those go on. Uh, I also turn down the brightness on my TV and the contrast as well. I just have a setting that I set up for nighttime that brings the contrast down and I've actually taken a lot of the blue out. It changes the color of the TV a little bit, but honestly, there's nothing on TV that I really care that much about that I have to have a perfect HD bright picture. To me, TV is TV. I could care less, honestly. Um, but, you know, if you're a big person do you like watching movies at night, then just turn the contrast down by about 30%. With the darker room, it's going to help. Now, for those of you that really don't want to do that, you don't want to change your lights, you don't want to do anything, you're like, hey, Roar, that's a hassle, man. I don't want to do any of that. Then your option is a pair of those yellow blue light blocking glasses. There are tons of options for blue light blocking glasses. There are clear ones as well. I've heard some back and forth on the clear ones. I actually use the clear ones myself in the evening when I'm on my computer, but after 8 p.m. at night, if I'm not working on the computer especially, I do put on the yellow ones because I've heard the yellow ones are just better. They do block more of the light. Um, but there are some, you know, there are newer technologies are coming out. So I've heard there are some ones that are clear that work just as well as the yellows, but I cannot say that for sure. I've not used them. I use the yellow ones. But you put those on, you really don't have to do anything with your lights. You should, you should get into good habits, but if you're lazy and you're not going to do it, and you're just not going to listen to anything I say, then put on those yellow blue blocking glasses. Um, 
So getting better sleep, really important. A few supplements you can look at too is something like magnesium or zinc magnesium. That's actually what I use. There's also herbs. Google it. You'll find lots of stuff on there. Honestly, I could do an entire podcast on sleep, but the fact is you need to get better sleep, and most of that comes from your routines and the way that you act in the morning and the things you do at night before you go to bed are going to be really the most important things. Getting back to movement, but now we're going to talk about exercise. 2018 was honestly the year of weight training. Uh, So many studies have come out in the last couple years on the benefits of weight training above any other exercise there is. Above cardio, above flexibility, above everything, they've shown that Weight training, you know, it improves your lean muscle mass, improves your blood glucose metabolism, improves uh, your balance when you get older, you know, stops you if you fall down from getting injured when you get older from breaking a hip, Uh, strengthens your bones, strengthens your brain, even strengthens your heart better than cardio. I'm not going to go through all the studies. If you don't believe me, just go and Google them. They are out there. Weight training is probably the best bang for your buck when it comes to exercise. Now, Please do not get North American on me and just say, well, Roar said all I have to do is weight train. No, the studies actually showed that the main one I'm going to talk about is the heart one. So they had a cardio group, a weight training group, and a weight training and cardio group. The the weight training and cardio group had the best uh, overall results, okay? So the ones that were doing it together. However, surprisingly, the weight training came in above the cardio group. As you get older, muscle mass starts to fall. Building endurance is not that hard. Building muscle is hard even when you're younger, especially if you're a woman. Building muscle mass is harder. So knowing that we lose that the fastest and it's the hardest to build, we do want to put a big emphasis on building muscle. So if you don't weight train, start to weight train now. Now, this is interesting. If you go to my website, RoarAlexander.com, by February the 1st, I am going to have what I call my resistance revolution. Um, I believe it's a four-week, I'm still just tweaking it a little bit, but it's a four-week resistance training challenge. And it's really simple. It's going to the gym. You're only performing three main exercises and you're going to do this basically. You're going to go, I'm going to give you an example. You're going to go on Monday and you're going to follow the first routine. Then you'll go on Wednesday and you follow the second routine. So we'll call them routine one and routine two. Now on the next Friday, you do routine one again. Now, the next Monday, you go and do routine two, Wednesday's routine one. So you're always going one, two, one, two, one, two, and you're just going to the gym three days a week. Really easy. You don't have to go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You know, if you could do Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, but you ideally want to go to the gym three days a week with at least a one-day break between them. The program I've designed, it's not its not new. I've tweaked a little bit of an older, but it's actually something I've been doing myself. I just realized, just I found out actually recently that there is actually another person who's created it. I can't remember what it's called right now. Um, but this is out there. I've done a slight tweak on it. Now, these are just three main lifts. Now, you can also go, there's some videos on my YouTube where you can go and there's some um, uh, extra exercises you can do if you want to some smaller ice uh, 
uh, not isometric, some smaller isolation exercises that you can do if you want to on top of the three main exercises and a few compounds. For instance, step-ups are not in the main program, but step-ups are a great exercise. You can add those in if you want. So if you're getting a little bored, you wanna add a little bit more, you feel like you need a little bit more, then you can go and you can add in those, um, what we'll call them just um, extra exercises, but you don't have to. But the goal of my Resistance Revolution program is to really get you in the habit of weight training, really getting you to understand how important it is and just to start doing it. Particularly, this is especially if you've not weight trained in the past or maybe you haven't weight trained in a long time. Now, if you're currently weight training, if you're doing you know, your weight training, then don't do this challenge. This is not meant for you. This is meant for people who are not weight training at all. You know, particularly a lot of women, no offense women, women who always say, oh, I shouldn't weight train because I don't, I'm gonna get bulky. A, that's not gonna happen. B, just do the program. So. Uh, weight training. Um, the next one is assessing your environment and doing uh, basically just fixing your environment. The first way you got to do that is by assessing it. So when I talk about environment, this could be a long conversation, but I'm going to try to make it as simple as possible. Most people's homes are very utilitarian. In other words, I sleep, I do my dishes, I eat there, but most people don't set up their homes um, to be, how do I say this? Inspiring. You want to have an inspiring home. You want to have a home that makes you think of health, that makes you think, um, you know, that makes you want to get out there and, and follow your goals and follow your passions, you know? Uh, feng Shui, you know, uh, Feng Shui is a lot about that. It's about, you know, having a home that inspires you and also a home that can keep you healthy. So really, if you, at the end of the day, Feng Shui is basically the science kind of of circadian rhythms along with the science of psychology. So first thing to do is make sure that each room really does have its own personality. So I want you to think of this. The kitchen is your nourishment center. When you walk in your kitchen, when you use your kitchen, it should say to you, I'm clean. It should be like, yeah, I'm inspiring you to eat healthy. This is the place you're gonna to come to reach those weight and your health goals. Your kitchen has to say it. The kitchen has to be bright. It has to be clean. It has to have healthy foods on display. Can't have junk foods everywhere. Can't have things hiding when you need to get to them. You should have all your really, you know, have some, go get yourself some new pots and new pans and get yourself some great, you know, really, a really nice blender. Have your kitchen set up for all your nutritional success. The bedroom, on the other hand, bedroom is the room where you go to recover, to sleep, um, to relax, where your brain refreshes, your body refreshes and recovers overnight. So your bedroom should be a sanctuary of sleep. It should make you feel comfortable. Um, in feng shui, you know, they like to have like, what's it, like pictures of the couples in there, you know? Um, I'm not going to get into that part, but you know, make sure your room is set up to make it the most comfortable place you can. The washroom. I want you guys to start thinking of the washroom as just a place you brush your teeth and use the toilet and you know have a shower. I want you to think of your washroom as your own little spa. You know, uh, if you can, if you own your place, look into how can you put maybe some steam elements in your shower. If you can, then just have some steamy showers. Um, get some eucalyptus drops in there. You know, if you have a uh, bathtub, get into magnesium salts and get into, add a little bit of, um, cal um, what is it, vitamin C in your water, get rid of chlorine. 
Start treating your bathroom like a spa, a place again where you can kind of go and your body can, it starts the recovery process. You have a magnesium bath, a nice hot shower, but an hour before you go to bed, you are going to sleep so much better. You can also use the shower in the morning to help you with your productivity. I challenge you for the even maybe just one week, try doing a one minute, even a 30 second cold shower in the morning after your regular shower. Your brain is going to wake up. You're just going to feel so good. Uh, your workspace, like we talked about earlier, standing desks, moving around, have a little band there to do some exercises. Uh, keep your desk inspiring. Keep pictures of the family because you know, I keep pictures of mine. It reminds you just why you're working your ass off, why I'm recording these podcasts week after week. You know, why I'm going out of my way to do everything I can to bring you guys the best information. So at the same time, I can supply you know, I can provide a great life for my family. So I keep a picture of them. I have a picture of them actually placed onto a mug. I also have a Chinese money card there because let's say you're working to make money. If any of you are going to tell me you're working to not make money, you're lying. So everybody's working to make money right now listening to this podcast. I, this is part of my job, but I love it. But I've also set up my workspace so I stay healthy when I'm working and it inspires me to work. I have my work desk set up exactly how I love it. I got my microphone on it. I got my iTrack studio for recording podcasts on there. I absolutely love my workspace. I even have a few drops of peppermint I place on it just because peppermint's been shown to help increase your focus. So, you know, you can also look in scents. So that's a good point, actually. Having some peppermint in the... Um, in, in the workspace or in your in your home gym is a great spot because it really helps you get focused going. I talked about eucalyptus in the washroom, has that traditional spa smell, can also help you relax at the same time. Uh, it's also great for helping clear out, you know, that's what they put in like the Vicks and stuff like that quite often. So it helps clear out the um, uh, sinuses. Uh, in the kitchen, something like uh, an orange or a lemon scent is really nice. Again, it gives you that extra feeling of clean. And in my living room, personally, I actually really like the smell of cinnamon. I have a cinnamon and mandarin uh, essential oil diffuser that I use, and I love it. And I've also learned recently how to make a gingerbread one, making my house smell like a big gingerbread home. I just love that smell. Um, in the bedroom, of course, you don't want stimulating smells. I would definitely suggest not using peppermint start researching some ones that are better um, for the bedroom but think about your environments that you're in and it's you know they should be clean that's the first thing clean and clutter free I have never met a really successful person that has a messy home and a messy car that is the literal truth I've never found anybody who's very successful who has a you know, wrappers all over the car and has a dirty, smelly car. Everybody usually has a very clean car. This isn't to say they have an expensive car. It might just be, it could be a Toyota, a Honda, just a Jeep, maybe an older car, but they are clean. So that's the biggest one is just making sure your place is clean. Now, also another thing that people don't think about when it comes to the environment is the people that are in it. People make up a huge part of your environment. Right now I'm sitting in a coffee shop surrounded by people. Sometimes they get loud and they annoy me when I'm reading. Sometimes I'm trying to record a podcast, you know, and they are, they, they're reading, you know. Um, so, oh, by the way, if you're listening, I actually switched my location in the middle of the podcast. I started off on my standing desk and I moved into a coffee shop. So, because um, this has just turned out to be much longer than I thought it was going to be, actually. Um, 
So people are a huge part. People can, you know, they can bring you lots of joy and they can bring you lots of stress. So one of the things that I talk to my clients about is running your social inventory. And this is basically just creating A, B, C, D, and F, just like in school. And you start categorizing people by those letters. So if there's people that are just awesome, they're always there to help you out. They're just positive, energetic people that give your life so much awesomeness, then they get an A. An A for awesome, you put off to the side, they are your people. Then you have to look at the people that are maybe an F. Those are the people that suck, the people that get on your nerves, the people that depress you, the people that you just can't stand. You have to do your best to cut those people off. And it doesn't matter if they're family. It really, it doesn't matter. You have to get rid of those people if they are affecting you in that way. From there, you have your Ds. D, and I, I've had a lot of D people in my time. Now, these are not necessarily bad people. Don't get me wrong. These are not bad people. We're not talking about bad people here. But these are people that don't suit what you're trying to do and what your needs are. This might be, you know, people who are always kind of in that bad place. They're complaining about their job. They're complaining about their lot in life. And let's be honest, these are people that you've tried helping. You've tried giving things to. You've tried, you know, offering them suggestions. They don't take it. They have excuses. They have, you know, all these reasons they can't do things. Um, they're, they're the ones that are just always a problem, honestly. You have to cut the D's off as well. Now, you have two options, of course. You can, the goal is to get rid of the F's. The F's get cut off right away. You don't even try with them. If the D's are important to you, then what you can do is you can try moving maybe the D to a C, the C to a B. I have a couple friends, and what I do is I will tell them, um, you know what, the, I don't want to talk about these particular subjects with you because you're always on those subjects and I'm sick of hearing about it. So if you want to talk about something else, we can. So I start just really putting my foot down on what I want to talk about and I don't want to hear about the same problems. If that's all they want to talk about, they can talk to somebody else. So, you know, keep the A's, keep the B's, work on the C's, try to get the D's to C's, but if you can't, put them in the F pile. Um, so that is your uh, environment. That leads us to number seven. Now, number seven is somewhat similar to um, when we were talking about nutrition, but what we're going to talk about is focusing on gut health and curing your gut. So I, I put this into a different area because nutrition is so big. One of the first things you really need to do though, nowadays there seems to be, everybody seems to have intolerances to almost everything. Everybody's got IBS, everybody's got something wrong with them. One of the biggest things you can do is just start to really focusing on your gut health and just getting it fixed up. So there's a few ways we can do that. If you go back and watch my podcast with Lauren uh, Rosemary, we talked about it quite a bit, but what we'll talk about really quickly is the different steps you can do. Number one is eliminate the things that are destroying your gut. So the very first one we're gonna talk about is artificial sweeteners. Get rid of the artificial sweeteners. Get rid of all the artificial colors and the junk. That is one of the first things I really suggest that you do. The second thing is getting more fiber into your diet. Fiber is so important, and particularly with a lot of these high fat diets people are on right now, 
a lot of people are not getting nearly enough fiber. Fiber just helps out with elimination. Fiber just really helps to clean out the intestines. Fiber is so important. Now, once you've eliminated the, the crap that's killing your gut bacteria and you get more fiber into your diet, then you can start looking into you know, higher probiotic foods. Now, there are probiotic capsules out there, but again, a, a typical North American, we want to solve everything with a pill where throughout history we've always eaten probiotic foods. Now the reason a lot of people don't like high probiotic foods is because they are bitter. So we're going back to the bitter thing again. We're talking things like sauerkraut, kimchi. These are not sweet tasty foods for the most part, but they are. They are good. You just have to get used to them. Uh, plain yogurt, not those fruit-filled yogurts. Get more probiotic rich foods into you. And if you need to, also look into taking a probiotic capsule. Now, I also don't suggest taking a probiotic capsule every day of your life. Somebody just asked me about that the other day. They've been on one forever. I said, I don't know why you would have to take one every single day forever. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, to just keep adding in more and more and more and more into your stomach all the time, especially if you've done the things that you need to, um, to get to stop them from getting killed. So after that, the other thing we want to focus on is getting more prebiotics. Prebiotic foods, those are some of the fibers and stuff. Research prebiotic foods. Um, cold potatoes are a great example. Artichokes are a great example. Asparagus, apples can be in there. Um, prebiotics are basically, think of them as the fertilizer for the probiotics, for the good bacteria in your stomach. It's the food. There's no point if you're going to just keep taking more and more probiotics, you know, filling your intestinal flora up with, you know, all these good bugs, but then not feeding them. So really getting in there and getting some good prebiotics as well as eating probiotic food. Now, a lot of the times what you'll find in nature is, you know, the probiotic foods are also high in prebiotics, which is the added bonus. So fixing your gut because the gut now we're being shown is related to so many illnesses, particularly when it comes to cognition. Um, we now know that serotonin, they say something between 90%. Now, you'll hear again, it's 90% of it's made there, 90% of it's stored there. I don't really care which one it is. The fact is the gut is responsible for a lot of the serotonin process. And serotonin is linked to just basically not feeling like crap. So really fixing your gut has to be a focus this year. And it's not that hard. It's about getting rid of the crappy, refined, shitty foods that we're normally eating adding in more fiber-rich foods, adding in some naturally occurring whole food probiotic sources, some probiotic capsules if you need them, and making sure you're getting some healthy prebiotic high fiber foods. Again, super, super easy. Now, this leads me to number eight, and this is the final point on today, and this is the importance of de-stressing. In fact, stress is even linked to gut problems as well. Um, we have in North America way too much cortisol. It is our culture that wants us to go, 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 push hard, you know, grind, you know, no sleep. That is the opposite of what you want to do if you want to be successful in life and successful in health. So, 
really starting to focus on de-stressing, being more mindful. We talked about that with the food. Having some time in your day, every single day for you just to be quiet, to read, to breathe. Um, you know, the people talk about meditation. Now, meditation is great. Meditation is awesome. There's so many different kinds. You should really try to learn a style of meditation that suits you. But if you're not going to meditate, you're not into it, sounds too woo-woo to you, sounds too crazy, then just learn some really basic breathing exercises, something like box breathing where you take a breath in for four seconds, five seconds, hold for five seconds, breathe out for five seconds, and then hold that bottom out breath for five seconds. So it's 20 seconds altogether. Five in, five hold, five out, five hold. You can even do that in your car every time you get to a stoplight. Just start learning about breathing. Learn about belly breathing. I'll give you a really easy way. Tie something around your stomach, and when you breathe in, that string, that belt, whatever it is you're putting around your stomach should get tighter. If it doesn't get tighter, it means you're breathing into your uh, upper abdominals, into your, your lung breather. Try breathing more into your stomach. Don't worry that... Your stomach pops out a little bit. It is so important that you learn to do some proper breathing. It's really going to help to drop the stress. Other things you can do, like I said, reading. Just sitting down and reading is a great way to lower stress. Playing an instrument. For those of you that really don't want to you know, lay down, just relax, do any meditation, then something as simple as a 10 or 15 minute walk. Don't take anything with you. Just go and enjoy a 15 minute walk. Now, I would like to take walks myself, but to be honest, I like to listen to a podcast on my walk. So, um, you know, ideally, it'd be nice if I would go, and sometimes if I'm only going around the block, I'll do a silent walk, but quite often, I do like to take a podcast or an audiobook with me. But the important message I'm getting across here is take some time to really focus on engaging the parasympathetic system, engaging your rest and digest system. Uh, chronic stress is, you know, they're linking now. There's, there's some people that are out there saying that stress is the cause of all disease. So the sooner we can get our stress under control, the sooner your health is going to come under control. So that's it, guys. That's all I have for you today. Those are my eight hacks and tips to make your 2019 your healthiest year ever. Uh, a lot of, you know, reflection in this one. Like I'm asking you to, you know, really think about the people you hang out with. Think about the places you hang out with. Think about the way you think about food. A lot of psychology in this one. Um, so that's really what it comes down to is we have to change our mindset when it comes to a lot of these topics. Uh, a lot of these things you already know. You know that fried chicken is not better for you than a nice piece of broiled chicken. You know a Whopper is not as good for you as a purple sweet potato, but a lot of the times our failure just comes down to our mindset and the fact that we, you know, we don't really take the time to think about these things. We don't take the time to figure out how to change our thoughts and which will in turn change our behavior. So that's really what I get. hope you get out of today's podcast. Um, let me know what you think, please. And always, you can comment on the um, Health by Design Facebook page as well. You can leave a uh, 
what is it, a testimonial? Is that what it's called? A review? Yes, a review, testimonial, review. I don't know whatever they call it. I've never asked anybody to actually do one yet. Leave a review on iTunes for me. Uh, what is it, five stars? Whatever the top one is would be really awesome so I can start getting this podcast out there more. Um, really important, I think. I want to bring on lots of great guests, but in order to great guests, I need great listeners like you. So until next time, make sure you join me as well at www.roaralexander.com. You can follow me there. I uh, keep up with all my blogs and all my videos. You can also find me on YouTube, Instagram. Uh, I'm not going to be paying too much attention to Facebook anymore. My, I think Facebook kind of sucks now, so I'll be getting rid of that. Um, and until next time, don't forget, you have it in your power to live stronger, longer, and better. You've been listening to the Health by Design podcast with wellness architect and functional lifestylist, Roar Alexander. If you enjoyed this, please make sure you share it to all your social media so I can get the word out there. And don't forget to join me at www.roaralexander.com to get all the latest updates, blogs, podcasts, and guest interviews with my special guests from all over the world, as well as to set up your own personal call for one-on-one coaching through my Health by Design life and body transformation programs. Again, that's www www.roaralexander.com. I'll see you again soon. And again, thanks for tuning in to the Health by Design podcast.